Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small size businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three-month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, 
head over to learn.silvertonianalytics/apprenticeship and there you can learn more about the program and if you're interested you can apply. With all that being said, let's start the podcast episode. Welcome back to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. So today I'm going to be talking with Charlie here, who's actually a former client of mine, and Gavin, my current apprentice. We're going to be having a conversation around, Charlie, your experience as a CFO working with Excel, Power BI, and Tableau, which I know you've done all so far. Um, And then also get some kind of takes on career advice for, for Gavin here. So Charlie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Hanging in there. Sorry, we started a little bit late. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, we got it worked out. <laughs> Gavin, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Nice to meet you. So, there. Gavin, fill us in, because we just we just touch, talked earlier today. So you just tentatively, tentatively got your second offer, right? Correct, yes. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about that that position? Um, so the position is for a consulting company, um, mostly in project management, but um, the person that interviewed me was very interested in like our final project um, as far as us working with uh, the manufacturing company. Um, they consult with a lot of, in a lot of different industries, working on a lot of different companies. So that seemed to help a little bit better there. Um, a couple more steps through that process. So we'll see. Um, I can probably touch base like next week, but uh, that's the basic gist of it. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on securing, well, soon to be securing your second offer. I and mean, that's a big deal. Um, so one thing I think we should kind of start with, which is in the first month, Charlie, I, I walked them through analytics foundations. Then we jumped to Excel, Power BI, and Tableau. So from your perspective, how well should a financial analyst know Excel? Like, are there current, like, are there common functions that they should know? Or should it be more of just kind of how they use Excel to uncover insights and data. Right. Well, I'll tell you uh, what I, first of all, I spent a lot of time in Excel um, given my financial function at the company. The um, things that I I do a lot with is the lookup, the vertical lookup, uh, a lot of tables I'm pulling together. uh, And that tends to be when I'm just doing some analysis on my own. Um, Second is uh, pivot tables. Um, That I generally build them on my own, but that then I would bring the pivot tables to uh, other people that I'm collaborating with. Really not a formal setting, like a, a monthly meeting or something like that, uh, but I find that extremely useful. Other people um, that I'm collaborating with. Really uh-oh, we're getting setting. some feedback. Do you guys hear that? Monthly meeting. Yes, yeah. Um, Gavin, I think that was head- me. Yeah, I think that was me. Okay, okay. You, are, are your headphones plugged in? Yeah, I had the actual YouTube show pulled up while we we're doing Oh, that. that's what it is. All right. Yeah. Got it figured gotcha. out. So, yeah. So, Charlie, essentially what you're doing there is you're creating a very simple data model and then pulling out insights with um, Pivot Table, which is essentially the precursor to Power BI and Tableau. 
So I think it would be kind of cool, um, and I cleared this with you ahead of time, um, for us to kind of delve into some of the project work that you and I have, have worked on together. So, sure. I yes. Think so um, how have you, what, what's been your experience working with Tableau with, within your organization? Uh, it's been great. Uh, you know, one of the challenges I had before I, I got together with you is uh, we had this one particular uh, project or objective, and it's to analyze um, the margin in the company. And, and margin is uh, essentially profit, the difference between what you charge a customer and your costs. Um, you know, I understood the components of coming up with uh, the presentation, if you will, or the analysis, and I could do it myself you know, one time, but it was fairly involved. And the challenges were to try and one, distribute that to the uh, the people I wanted to show the results to, uh, updating the data, and then um, you kind of recreating the, the functionality over and over again. Um, I actually attended, I think, a presentation by you about Tableau, and it seemed like that was right on in terms of, uh, you know, what I was trying to do. Um, you know, it was technically above my head. Um, I understood the concepts, but just didn't understand, you know, the syntax and how to use the tool. And that's where you were extremely helpful. You know, we, we kind of worked together on that. You came in and understood uh, what my needs were, you know, how the, the data came together, what the data points meant. And you were able to go away and, and pull together a prototype. And then we refined it several times. But um, it was extremely useful because I was able to achieve all those objectives I talked about before in terms of that I couldn't really do with Excel. Right. Also, you need to give yourself more credit because you learned quite a bit about Tableau. Mm-hmm. Like, like as far as clients go, you're much more curious than the typical client I work with. They, they kind of want me to go handle everything. And then they want just they want to click on this and find their insight to where you actually kind of wanted to get behind everything and see how it all worked, which was, was really, I was almost like an advisor, like a Tableau advisor for you. Like you, mm-hmm. you went out, I think you created the whole infrastructure, the um, server. And then I just, you would come in and say, Hey, I've got to figure out how to, I mean, I, I remember one problem was we had to identify specific um, SKUs within a column and then aggregate those, which is a little bit of a complex problem with tab- tab- Tableau. And you, you got get actually start to get into some, some coding. Right. But that's where somebody like yourself or some of the, the people on your team really are valuable to someone like me in a company like ours. Um, we either don't have the time to, to learn the tool or we may not have the ability to get our, our heads around it. And um, it was really a good you know, partnership, the two of us, because you understood the tool. You really did a great job of understanding our needs and you were able to kind of bring it all together. Right. And, and I think that's kind of a, a, something I can piggyback off of. For those of you who are watching um, both, you know, on, on YouTube or wherever, and also my apprentices, um, when you're early on in your career, you have all this time and energy. Like, Charlie, I'm sure your day is super busy day in and day out. So you don't have this time to sit down and just monkey with this one thing for two to three hours. Like, that's too much of a time investment for you. It really is. You're right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a superpower for you to be early on in your career is that you're not you're not as busy. And as you get deeper into your career, your your time is going to cost more and more overall. I would agree. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, let's get into a little spicy thing. You went and found someone else to do Power BI for you. Right. So the, <laughs> the reason we, uh, first of all, switched to Power BI was um, we, we're running a Microsoft uh, Enterprise Resource Planning System or ERP system here. And uh, 
you know, Microsoft um, pushes Power BI from an integration point of view and so forth. And uh, not only with the ERP system, but with uh, Excel, of course, um, you were busy. Uh, and then the. the yeah, gen- I'm just, I'm just yeah. messing with that. that? <laughs> I said, I'm just picking on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the uh, person that supports our ERP system, um, he knew somebody that knew Power BI. So that's why we, we brought him in. Uh, but it was more or less the same thing. Um, the projects were largely centered around um, customer uh, volume and, and revenue analysis. Um, we have a facility here that processes the waste. And uh, you can think of it like a factory. So if you're familiar with throughput and uh, you know making sure you have the right inventory and so forth, um, we really needed help with that. You know, the good news was we, we've grown a lot over the past three or four years. The challenge, though, was, you know, how do you keep on top of all that work and how do you make sure that the material is moving through quickly? And, and Power BI, and I'm sure Tableau would have done this as well, allowed us to really keep on top of that data. And when I say us, what we were able to do for the first time, at least since I've been here, and it's been over 10 years, is push this out to uh, people on the shop floor. You know, so they could see every day, you know, how much did I work on yesterday? What was my production? Um, what do I need to work on today? Where are the bottlenecks and things like that? Um, it's interesting because um, we have somebody here from um, one of our new affiliates. We were acquired back in December. They run a pretty similar operation up in the Northeast. And we showed them some of the things we did. And they're just kind of blown away by it. Um, this industry is, is kind of... Uh, uh, behind the times, in my opinion, from a technology point of view, but the stuff we were able to do with Tableau and um, Power BI, first of all, they understood it right away in terms of what we right. what it uh, did for us, and they, they absolutely love it. So, yeah, I, I think that I, well, I've seen some companies who use both Power BI and Tableau in tandem. I mm-hmm. think Power BI is much stronger with um, the ETL process. So combining multiple data sources and then automating the whole, the whole process with that transform, um, data button, you can go in and you're literally clicking and it's creating this automation on the back end, so that you don't have to touch it. Like it'll connect to the Excel file, you know, mess like reconfigure it. And then it's structured exactly how you need to where I think Tableau is a little bit better at doing deeper dive analyses. So like, like some of the projects that you and I, Charlie worked on were, were some pretty deep dives and it was, it was, it was cool to see kind of that intersection of this is a pretty complex business need and then the data that's underlying it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting the multiple data sources together, combining them and then actually pushing out. That's, I mean, that's awesome right there that you said the other people in your business actually intuitively understood what we built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic. So, you know, one of the cool things about what we built um, is the simplicity to the user, right? They, they, they come in and you tell them that, you know, if this, if you see red on this chart, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but underneath, right. underneath that chart is a lot of hours of development time uh, and a lot of data that's constantly refreshing. So that's really the power of the tools that you, you folks work on for, for end users such as ourselves. Gotcha. All right. So I feel bad. We've been neglecting the chat here. So we got Dr. Hall here, who's the uh, dean over at High Point University. Welcome. I haven't talked to you in a while. We need to go grab a beer sometime. Um, also, so my former student, Christina, who secured her first offer. So I wanted to announce that to everyone. Congratulations, Christina. Uh, look who it is. It's Hunter, our, our mm-hmm. intern. 
Thanks for joining. And then I think Dr. Hall said, um, so they switched to Power BI despite. So Dr. Hall actually found me because I put out a course on Tableau and he took it. Didn't realize that I was literally like 30 minutes away. Um, so he's been a longtime Tableau fan. And now it looks like they're switching from Power BI. Um, so he let his MBA director run the business analytics concentration. Uh, he's also saying, sounds good. And congratulations, Christina. All right. So let's move into Gavin. I know you've got some questions for Charlie because you're kind of right there in that like active job search mark. So I'm sure you've got some, some things to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll keep it kind of basic. So like, what does your average day look like? Cause I was, I've talked to John about it and I was very interested in like the financial analyst kind of point. Um, and then I saw, obviously you have an accounting background, um, mm-hmm. kind of led you to your current position. You've been, um, VP, senior VPs, owners, all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of led you to this point as far as getting into accounting and led you to your current company? Uh, great question. Um, so a long time ago, I took accounting in um, in, in college. Um, I was fortunate to land a job at Price Waterhouse and and get my CPA. Um, the work was was good. It was a lot of audit work, uh, pretty tedious. Um, but it really, uh, for me personally, um, I really wanted to get involved with individual businesses and try and add more value, if you will. You know, to me, auditing was always looking back, whereas I wanted to get involved with strategy and, uh, you know, working with uh, folks in the company to how do we move the business forward. So I ended up going into private enterprise with a a kind of a holding company that was very entrepreneurial in nature. Um, They had probably 15 different business lines that they were involved in. They affiliated themselves with what was called venture capital back then I guess now it's it would be a PE firm, um, and that to me was pretty exciting. Um, it was always somewhat cutting edge. It was always very challenging, um, and I think the thing that helped me, you know, going to Price Waterhouse to me was like going to grad school. It really, really helped me understand a lot about accounting, and then combined with the uh, getting involved with some of these businesses and working with other disciplines um, has helped me just move move through my career. Um, you know, I think one of the things I would recommend is, um, you know, don't ever stop learning. Uh, you know, maybe the example of trying to get involved with Tableau and Power BI most recently in my career is I think it's helped me. Um, I'm just always curious about things like that, trying to figure out how we can apply different tools and, and methodologies to our business. Um, so if you like challenges and you like change, um, to me, that's that's definitely a route to go. Companies absolutely value people that will work hard and, you know, will take the time to understand their business and um, dig in and try and try and move things forward. So if, if you've got that appetite and you've got that approach towards things, you, you'll do great regardless of what company or what field you you select. Very cool. Now, just as far as like you said, you had your CPA, but like mm-hmm. later you work with John David um, as far as like the analytics, the Power BI, Tableau. You're already using Excel now in between the CPA and like up to this point, was there any type of like certification or extra learning that you kind of went through or what did that look like? Well, nothing really from a certification point of view, although I will tell you, I did go for my uh, my master's in finance. And uh, I think I was telling John David this recently. I ended up two courses shy of getting it because I got involved in a 
uh, a startup that was just too time consuming for me to go back to my finish my career. Um, but no particular certifications. Uh, it was just always trying to stay on top of the latest technology, if you will. Um, from an analysis point of view, you know, this is a long time ago and many people on this call man, had never even heard of this tool, but VisiCalc and Lotus 123 were probably the, the predecessors to Excel. And then, you know, Excel, Bill Gates just ate that market up, right? He's, it's the, mm. pretty much the dominant spreadsheet now. But we just always moved along with whatever the latest latest tool was. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe some things outside the financial area that I. Because I think you've been a CFO since '87, right? Sounds about right. Which, I, I was born in '89. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I think that's two digs on some part. Not a roll. <laughs> All right. But I did want to circle back before we move on to the next question yeah. about um, what's your take on grad school? Because it sounds like not getting the master's degree did not really hinder your your career too much. I don't think it did. Um, I, I think grad school is really important, probably for certain disciplines and certain fields, you know, the, uh, medicine or uh, research and things like that. Um, we're in the, uh, you know, the waste management business, not exactly high science for the most part. And I'll give you a quick example of um, our president, who um, we're now a combined company. Um, I just got to know him about six years ago, and I only found out recently that, um, you know, he doesn't have an advanced degree. Uh, he he really? went, went into the Army out of high school and then went into th- this particular industry, and he went to college at night. Um I mean, one of the sharpest business people I've ever worked with. Um, I never would have guessed that, you know, he didn't come from a, didn't have his, his, a graduate degree. Um, so I think that proves that, you know, the further you get away from school, if you will, I think it's more uh, relationships and experience than necessarily what degrees you've got or, or what school you went to. Um, that's just my take on things. Yeah, and I think the education, they don't do a good job, and this is something I'm trying to act proactively um, kind of distill into my apprentices, is that you need to figure out what are your big wins, and you need to be able to communicate and brand and use that as branding for, for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of, there's multiple things to unpack there. So number one, you need to think strategically, like, what are the things that I can do and proactively solve problems? And then it's almost like you start problem solving your way to success, but only if you can actually talk about those wins. I think that's something that's missing from, well, I guess it's, it's fairly common in the career service space, but not so much in school. They don't talk about, all right, well, what are your accomplishments? It's like list, listing responsibilities versus accomplishments, let's say on your resume or on LinkedIn. Right. Um, right, some yeah. of the oh yeah, in some of the interviews that I've went on, it's been kind of that same thing. Just as far as especially when you're looking to negotiate for like a higher salary um, and things like that. Um, so, uh, or Charlie, as far as when you have new accountants and new analysts kind of coming in, like people that you're kind of grooming and mentoring as they're coming up through the ranks, like what are some of the like qualities um, and some of the things that they do that you see that help them conce- or succeed on like a day to day. Uh, so you mean looking back when they're interviewing? At, yes. Or, yeah. Um, I tell you, one thing that always uh, impressed me was somebody that worked while I were at, in college. 
Uh, maybe that's because I had to, but you know, the fact that you didn't, you, you, you just were always doing something, if you will. Um, you, what that says to me is you, you've got that worth work ethic. Um, the questions that people ask, of course, uh, you know, doing some research on the company that you're applying for shows that you've got an interest. Uh, you know, we don't give exams, but I've heard exams that, you know, like the technical companies give to, to see how do people think, how do they apply themselves and so forth. I think that's important. Um, but, it, you know, it's really hard in just an interview to, to really understand how somebody's going to perform until, you know, they're kind of on the playing field or, or at the job. What are some of the negative qualities that you've seen that people who I'm not going to say have been fired, but you've seen that kind of uh, left the industry or left the company very, fairly quickly? What are some of the things they just didn't have? Say, well, you, you don't show up at work is you know, that's probably an obvious. <laughs> it is amazing uh, to me how much how often that happens now. Um, you know, so somewhat related to that, once you get into a company, I think one thing that is important when you have a meeting, come prepared. And one thing I, I always try to do is, you know, if somebody sets a meeting and it's about a particular subject is jot down some thoughts ahead of time and send it to the person that organized the meeting and say, hey, if you get a chance to take a look at this, I just want to make sure, uh, you know, I, I'm understanding what the what the need is or what the objective is. You know, if you show interest and you show educated interest in something, that's going to go a long way towards uh, in, in an interview or, or with the people that you work with. Um, it, to me, it's basic blocking and tackling often that distinguishes one person from another. It's, it's not just, you know, how you did on your SATs. You've got to be able to show that you can apply yourself and take the interest. Very good. Um, I think Lauren had a question. Oh, um, I think yeah, she said, what advice do you have for an analyst that has imposter syndrome? Uh, I asked well, yeah, I'll, I'll just bring it up. <laughs> and that's a good question. You know, I didn't, I never heard of the term imposter syndrome until my, actually my daughter brought that up. And my daughter is fairly successful in what she does, but she's always got this concern about, am I really that capable and so forth? And to me, she really is. Um, who may have the feeling the imposter syndrome, but are you referring to just having doubts about your capabilities or um, being able to demonstrate that you're capable? Yeah. I feel like I'm on the same playing field as my other coworkers. Mm-hmm. So wait, Lauren's got some news. Can I share it? Okay. okay not yet. We can, we can share it. Later. Not yet. <laughs> but Okay. So she, she, yeah, she's applying for a, a brand new, like a brand new industry. And then also, and Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think maybe some of the imposter syndrome comes in from a higher salary because you're looking at what a 20, a 20 to 30, a $30,000 pay increase. So like that, I, th- I think that, that kind of gives a lot of people the heebie-jeebies of like, yeah. they're am I worth this? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Okay. Um, I think some of it goes back to what I mentioned before about, you know, how, how do I value an employee showing the interest? Uh, you know, if this is a new industry, do you do the research? Uh, if it's a new company, which it sounds like it obviously is, do the research on the company. Uh, you know, if they're public, you can get a lot of information on them. If they're private, it's a little more difficult. Um, you know, I, I still probably... I probably suffer from the imposter syndrome after all these years. And especially if it's something new, um, 
and what I find is just kind of dive in, right? And then all of a sudden you get caught up in it and um, you find yourself moving forward, right? Uh, you start to discover things you didn't even think you could do or, or questions you didn't think you, you could ask. So I would say just do the background, get, get up to speed on the industry and the company, and then just dive in. Make sure you understand what they want out of you. But just dive in. You'll probably do great. We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one -on -one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Thank you for that advice. I will definitely take that. Yeah. So another way of, of, of phrasing that it's the, the way to, tr to build true confidence is through demonstrated performance. Mm -hmm. So put yourself in situations where you feel kind of pushed out of your comfort zone and then you have to rack up some wins and you can just kind of step that up to where you're all of a sudden in a, a completely new place. All right. It looks like, do we have another question in the chat? Oh, there's just Joanne. All right, Lauren, thank you so much for that question. Later on, we're going to jump into um, a Power BI like review. We're going we're gonna to pull Pete's project up. So I'll pull all the apprentices back on. But thank you. Thank you. Good luck. All right, so Gavin, what's, what's the next question? Um, uh, yeah, a lot of the questions were answered kind of as we first kind of went through there. But uh, I guess my last question is – or what are some of the things that you naturally read, like um, just to kind of stay up with um, within your industry or as you said, you're with accounting or whether it's like Power BI Tableau. What are some of the things that you're reading? What are some of the day to day things you're doing just to continue to learn? Uh, I'm actually rereading a book that I read about two or three weeks ago, uh, two or three years ago, I should say, called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, I think it might be really good for folks in this field. And, uh, you know, the premise is that. Uh, we're just so distracted now by social media, by meetings, by having our cell phone in the meeting, which drives me crazy, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for people to concentrate for long periods of time and make progress on something. Um, I, the reason I'm rereading that is actually because I want to get back and learn more about Power BI. And I think that's and I'm probably going to make a job change soon. And I'm trying to figure out, well, what's the best way to do that? Um, and this book, you know, gives you the goes through the premise as to why that's important and why it's kind of a lost art now. And also why it's even more valuable to companies, because not a lot of people are doing it anymore. So I would recommend you take a look at uh, or consider that book. Um, in terms yeah, of if only there were a program where you could <laughs> learn Power BI. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Charlie, I, th- I feel like you're, you're probably up to s- – because you, you've been working with Tableau for what? I think when I gave that talk, that was well before the lockdown. That it was, was like, what, three, three, four years ago? Yeah, it was 2019. I- so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably up to snuff with – power, at least for the it, 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 simple stuff. And then mm-hmm. just go hire, like, go hire, you know, like a super technical person to come do the coding and stuff. Right. Uh, what else do I read? Um, you know, personally, I just always try to have some kind of light reading going on um, just to try and you know, get away from all the, the busy uh, workday. Uh, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal, which, you know, probably has a reputation of being a conservative paper, but I just enjoy it because it's more than just business news. It's, it's you know, things on sports and uh, music and, and books and things like that. Um, and it's just a very comprehensive publication get information i try and read rolling stone sometimes i, I really love uh, i'm still stuck in the uh, you know the late 60s and the early 80s and early 70s as far as music and i love the blues so um i spent a lot of time uh, just reading about that and collaborating with some people who are also into it very cool um i appreciate it I, I think that's my last question as i said most of the questions got answered in the beginning so i appreciate it. that was a lot of good information Gotcha. So essentially kind of to recap, so Gavin, you're, you're applying for consulting jobs, um, right? Kind of here or there. So some of the ones that I've been applying to at this point have been kind of consulting and project management, but um, I've also gotten interviews with actual specific analyst roles that will do some base level coding in SQL, which I have one tomorrow. Um, so it's, it's a little all over the place, um, but it just really, I'm just, kind of paying attention to the company benefits um, and kind of that jazz. Oh, I need to, I need to connect you with Lauren because she's, she's actually got a SQL um, portfolio on GitHub. So, I I mean, I guess tomorrow's probably too short notice for you to like spin up a whole portfolio, but. Oh, well, I mean, it was pretty cool. I think one of the things that I talked about in the interview, I try to make it apparent that I'm, although I've used kind of Power BI, some of the, the advanced Excel and Tableau, I'm not an expert in it. So when I kind of started talking about that in the initial interview, he was like, hey, look, you don't need to know SQL. You just need to have an interest in it um, and then kind of oh, okay. start some of the learning and stuff. So um, I think I'll be all right. But uh, I mean, it's still beneficial for sure. Yeah, but it, what's interesting is that it it sounds like getting a consulting job is really nice early on in your career because then you get to kind of it's like a buffet of different projects that you might work on. So then you get a really wide breadth of experience and figure out, all right, this is the air, this is the direction I want to go deep in. For sure. I mean, the, as I said, the fact that our analytics project was in manufacturing, I currently work in manufacturing, um, kind of different roles, obviously, with the analytics. And I do something within more sales and kind of project management based now in my day to day. Um, but a blend between the two was great in my interview. And as I said, for those jobs that are paying significantly more, they do like, uh, you know, combining the two. Um, it seems to be working out pretty well for me so far. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it sounds like you're pretty much ready to go for an entry level job. Um, yeah. And, and how many how many interviews have you landed so far? <laughs> quite a few uh, you, you've I'm, been you've been uh, right, so charlie he's he applied to like what was it a, over 100 in two weeks it's been over 100 yeah i mean <laughs> recently i've probably went on two or three interviews a week for the past couple weeks 
Um, some have been phone conversations. A lot have been a mix between teams, phones. Some have been first, seconds. Um, a lot of all over the place, but lucky enough to have the interviews. As I said, got the two offers. Um, got another second to more for an analyst-specific uh, role. Um, and then a project management role as well tomorrow afternoon. So we'll see. We'll gotcha. See. All right. So we got a question from somebody. So uh, Justice asks, what's the best platform to create a portfolio as a data analyst? So Gavin, wh where are you building your portfolio right now? Um, Tableau. Tableau is um, it's the most visually appealing for most people that I've spoken to. As I'm going through the interviews, quite honestly, just like Charlie said, Power BI is something that they're more familiar with because of the Microsoft integration. Um, so that for me is something that speaks to. So even if you're doing your Tableau visualizations on whatever the data is, try to do that same thing in Power BI. So for whatever reason, you can bring that up. I'm not really familiar how to build a Power BI portfolio, but if you can figure that out, that'll probably help a lot with some of these bigger companies. Microsoft needs to figure that out. I, I don't know why, like Tableau's eating their lunch in terms of people building out Tableau public portfolios is such a good marketing engine for Tableau. I mean, I, I, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't quite understand it. So Charlie, I'm, I'm curious, have you gotten much exposure to actually building out in Power BI or did the, that consulting firm, did they do all of it themselves? Oh, uh, they did most of it. Uh, and that's why I'm reading this book and want to get a little deeper into Power BI. I think it's going to be a better fit for some of the work I'm going to do going forward. So my experience with Power BI is much more limited than with Tableau at this point. All right, I, I got some I got some courses I can send your way to give you some step on, step by step instructions. Actually, this is a perfect time to review and do a knowledge check. So, Gavin, what are the <laughs> what? <laughs> All, right. All right, so Gavin, what are the core components of Power BI? inform our friend here charlie the core components of power bi yeah what are the what are the three main functions of it i couldn't tell you i'm talking about i'll be honest we'll go ahead and bow out well I, I guess another way of framing out is what are the three tabs within on that left pane of power bi man um let, I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I have to look at we, it we man. got it we i guess we're failing as an apprenticeship program <laughs> <laughs> look i haven't touched it because as i said once we started no, down low man i let power bi go yeah completely well okay why what do we use what did i use power bi to teach you about um on the spot, on the spot. I'm trying to pull my stuff up now. <laughs> oh, no, are you panicking right now? <laughs> yeah, I am panicking heavy right now. All right, so the way that – I, I, Charlie, I very intentionally sh structured the apprenticeship program to start with Excel, then go to Power BI, and then Tableau. Because okay. Excel, it's like you, you start to get into some, like, for example, pivot charts, like you said, or pivot mm -hmm. tables. So you can start seeing, like, how, how do measures and dimensions interact with each other, but then that's only if you just stick to Excel, you're pretty much unless you do a whole series of VLOOKUPs, you're siloed to one data source at a time. Right. So then we jump to Power BI so we can figure out how to build a data model to kind of meld data sources together, create that blueprint so that you could pull you know, this data point from over here and this data point from over here and figure out um, kind of those trends that span multiple data sets, which to bring that full circle, that's exactly what we did with Tableau um back what three four years ago we were looking at i think we were looking at accounting data with sales data and maybe some erp data and there were th three different data sets and we had to figure out all right how can we tie all this data together which is 
it's it's pretty complex once to get started with, but once you kind of have everything mapped out, then it's then it's so easy to start expanding your analysis out. And then sense. also data visualization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the visualization, again, this is probably obvious. That was really the, the home run for us because we were able to put all this in front of the, the users and the team and what looked like a pretty simple presentation. And instead of rows and uh, columns of numbers and data, here's, you know, here's a, a, a pie chart with four uh, data points on it. Look at the look at the biggest one. Look at the smallest one. Figure out, and you'll know immediately what, what the issue is or where the opportunity is. So, all right. So, Ellie, congratulations. You got it. Data modeling and visualization. So, oh, yeah. So that that's essentially the the three tabs. So you start mm-hmm. with your your visual well, visualization tabs at the top, and then there's your data. So you can manipulate that, and then the model is how to how to map them all together. Um, also, I feel like I oh, so Hunter. Charlie, I, th- I think we talked about this over lunch the other day about how I had a 21 year old build out the infrastructure for a billion dollar company in Tableau. Like yes. they, yeah. Cause I mean, it, it was kind of like the perfect project in that they outsourced like a whole database manager and SQL developer and then put it all within that server. And then we just built out on top of that. But I mean, and I, he was in my class um starting in january the year before that and i think around october november sometime around there that's when we signed that client so the benefit of these data visualization tools is that you can pick them up really quickly like for example doing that in an advanced coding language it would probably take you quite a bit longer to get really proficient at that all right let's see got some more questions from the audience here uh, hello, I had an interview today for a remote data analyst. Well, I got to find out the only tools they're using are Excel and Python, um, but I started learning SQL and Power BI. So do I stop those for Python? Um, I think so, although it's almost too late at this point um, because Py- Python is a coding language, so that takes a little bit more time it's almost like learning, like if I, I only speak English, so me learning Spanish is going to take quite a bit more to kind of cultivate that skill set. Um, so that's a tough call. I, I would look I would look into the basics of Python and just know kind of what all it can do and then maybe some very basic coding. All right. So let's jump into the next segment, which I should have like I should have had like a card that said, all right, here's segment one, segment two, segment three. So Pete, you've got a Power BI visual that you wanted to present. And I can go ahead and pull in the other apprentices as well. So I can pull Lauren back in. Um, do you see how to share? It's that that kind of button down in the in that little bar. And I can pull in just going to make sure I share the right screen because I've got a few here. Here we go. Oh, actually, Charlie, while well, he's worked on that, um, this is one of my former students. Um, Christina's asking, do you have any tips on creating and presenting reports in Excel? Uh, the job she's starting will require her to use a lot of it. Uh, reports as in uh, what type of information are they looking for? 
Uh, hopefully she's listening in real time and can, and can respond back to that. Okay. But um, I'm going to give kind of like kind of a fictional scenario just so we have something to, to move the conversation forward. Um, so let's say that she's she's got to connect multiple data data sources together mm-hmm. using a VLOOKUP and then put together pivot charts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are, do you have any – actually, let, let's kind of reframe that. How did you communicate your insights as a CFO in Excel? Was it mostly just charts or, or just um, tables? Uh, it was mostly tables uh, with some charts, um, everything out of Excel, of course. Um, so I guess it depends on, you know, to some degree who your audience is. So if this mm-hmm. is going to be the, uh, the management team or the board of directors. I think you want it to be uh, relatively high level and, and, and charts and graphs. Uh, they probably don't want to see all the data behind it. But if you're doing something maybe with a, a working team, you know, where you're trying to solve a problem, if you could bring the data to the meeting and, and on the fly build um, uh, pivot tables and, and charts, that would really be useful. So, I, you know, I, and this probably goes back to the whole, in my mind, you know, as an analyst, uh, what's one of the things you need to be successful? That's to understand the need, obviously, So and the audience. So um, sorry to answer your question like this, but it probably does depend on um, yeah on the need in the audience. Okay, let's root down on a specific line. So, so let's say she's presenting to uh, a manager, like an analytics mm-hmm. manager. Do you have any tips on – actually, okay, let's – so – is there a difference between presenting to middle management to the C-suite? The C-suite, I think, wants to see it really summarized because mm-hmm. they're generally their time is even more limited than the management team. Um, and, uh, you know, this I'm not sure if this would be for, for your role, but in my role, um, you know, I always like to have a story to tell. So if I'm going into the monthly management meeting, we had a really good month. I want to make sure that I present the data so that that jumps out at people, uh, you know, so you can see the trend line going up. If we had a really lousy month or we got some issues, I want that to, to really jump out at people. Mm-hmm. But that, again, is more for the board and for the management team. If it's for your cohorts or, you know, just a working group, um, hopefully they'll allow you to just go in there and bring the data in and just start working with it. Um, what, if, what if analysis, for example? Um, that's why, you know, who's your audience and then, um, kind of tailor the reporting around that need around that particular uh, paradigm. Gotcha. So in summation, the dashboards you build depend on your audience and what differentiates between the different levels of management is how granular you might want to get. Oh, uh, yes. I would say that. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, yeah I, I absolutely agree to that. All right. So let's let's drop that. And then Pete, I can see you got this shared. So what are we looking at here? Yeah, so you gave us some great data with some Udemy uh, courses and you had real data there and then you did some magic data in the background that you added mm-hmm. with some demographics so we could kind of play it out a little bit deep. And so, uh, so from the class, uh, I learned this little hack, which is up in this top edge in this kind of light aqua, whatever. Um, just a really nice way to be able to to get to everything by year. Oh, that's cool. Starting that, cool. that first. And then within that, you can go to any 
given quarter and do a deeper dive there. And then we can even do it month by month. So, and uh, so there you go. And then um, one of the, the goofy things that I figured out is, so I thought I'd do the color coding with the gender piece, but uh, but I realized one of the, the drawbacks of Power BI is if I resort the gender, all of a sudden uh, I've got it backwards. And so it's incongruent uh, no, no. with the color coding with the labeling. So just something to be aware of there. Interesting. If you do special color coding. But, uh, but what I really wanted to get at is what was driving um, more of the interest, especially across these different age groups. So we've got four, the way you set up the, the data set, four is the, the most senior and, and one is the, the, the youngest. The youngest, okay. And so um, you can really dig into this whole piece of it, of by name of what's being driven where. So it's, uh, and a lot of males taking this course, so. Yeah, I, I think in this space, it's it's typically much more males and females, at least in the, um, on, the on Udemy, Udemy and YouTube as well. Yeah, at least in that, uh, that, age four cohort. So there gotcha. might be some, uh, a lot more younger women would be one of my hypotheses, but I, I haven't done that in the, the power BI yet. So Charlie, you got any feedback? I was going to say as an end user, uh, this is fabulous, especially the first thing that you demonstrated where you could change the, uh, the variables, if you will, or the parameters up at the top. That is, you know, exactly what I was referring to when I said that, you know, as an Excel user, I can, um, create something one time, but it's really hard for me to uh, create it so I can refresh it automatically and and present it to a, a non-technical people. And this is this is really cool. Oh, thanks. Awesome. So I got some feedback. Sure. We have we have a date dimension, right? Yeah. So why is there no time series analysis? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> And follow-up question: Can we can we do some time series analysis? I'm putting you on the fly, just like I put Gavin. But I think it's yeah, <laughs> no, I uh, I may I may turn the same color as, as some of these, but that's all right. I'll, yeah, all right. So, so open up a pioneer. Yeah, so. open up a new tab, a new page. Because yeah, I mean, we could. I, I think that 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 first dashboard is is pretty good as is. Let's let's just start from scratch. So yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm also kind of giving Charlie a lesson here too. So Charlie, you have actually like gone in here and, and started doing all this stuff, right? In Power BI, I have, yeah. 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 All right. Well, I guess let's let's back. So, do you understand the um, transform data button and how yeah. all that works? Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So yeah, so that that's um, that's that's where you can start to just create so many awesome. Um, can we? We just got a request. Can we zoom in a little bit, Pete? Yeah. It, this is such an interesting role. I'm like playing the host and I've got like all the stuff flashing all around me. <laughs> That's about I'm just trying to moderate here. <laughs> but all right. 
think it'll get without clipping off. And if we need to shuffle things around, yeah. we will. All right. So, Pete, here's a challenge. Create me okay. a time series. Show me rating over time. Rating over time. Okay. And let's say it, I think it's aggregated by day. So let's let's see if there's been a weekly change in the rating. So let's see here. All right. So let's pull up rating. And we want to get our timestamp data. And so let's get, what do you think? Line chart or? Uh, that's a good question. What do you get? I'm, th I'm throwing that to the group. What do you guys, what do you guys think? What's the best visualization to show time series data? Line chart. I would say a line chart. Yeah. Cause it, cause it, it can show you kind of, I, and it's Charlie, like you were saying, um, the people in your, your organization, your colleagues, they can, our eyes immediately understand that, oh, we, we, we read the page left to right. So they can kind of mm -hmm. naturally intuit what's going on. Right. Right. Okay. So one of the things I switched up was to the average of rating instead of the sum of the rating. Perfect. Yeah. And so you, yeah, you, you can't to... add five plus five to get a 10 star rating. It doesn't make yeah. sense. So, All right, so you and, guys, uh, you guys are doing some learning. <laughs> and I want to change the, the Y dimension um, in terms of starting not just at 4.3, uh, but starting earlier than that, but maybe not too much earlier than that. Oh, yeah. So it's hard for me to see. And I, I also, I, I too yeah, have a, a, bit more. a Power BI preference. I mean, a Tableau preference over Power BI. Um, so I think you can just right-click on the axis. At least you can do that in Tableau and just change it. Uh-oh. Let's see if the chat can, can bail us out here. Um, let's see. So average rating. I just did it not too... Few yeah. days ago, but see, because yeah, I'm, and you know what I realized, Gavin, I, that was not fair to you to put you on the spot with Power BI. It's been two months since you've touched Power BI, and you've been working in Excel for two months. For sure. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see if Chat's got any any got got any answers for us. Um, uh, Pete, we we can just skip that for right now. Okay. Um. Oh wait, Lauren, do you do you have the answer? You want to do it? Yeah, I that's, that's us Googling how to how to change the axis. And actually, this this kind of brings me to the point of why I I think Tableau is better for deep dives than it is um, than Power BI is. It's because it's so much more customizable to where this is like you kind of have to like click around and figure out how to change things to where within Tableau, you can just right click on that axis and then change it. Um, so it's kind of proven that point of. I think Tableau is a little bit better for data visualization. Although the nature of everything being so organized and you kind of have to go through it um, makes Power BI a little bit better for the ETL side of things. But let's focus on the actual, let's get it aggregated to uh, week and year. Okay. You remember how to do that? Let's see. So that's the year. Um, so you got to go back out, and it's hard for me to see this right now. 
Um, okay, so do you see where it says x-axis? Yeah. So what you, one one thing you could do is just x out year. Okay. And now that brings that down to the quarter, and then you can x that out. Oh, sure. So, um, do you guys remember what this is looking at it as? As is. Try this might be a, this might be a question for you. So, are you familiar with the concepts of discrete versus continuous values? Oh, yeah. sure. So, is this a discrete or continuous analysis? discrete yeah because we got we've, we've essentially got four buckets right here right. so quarter one quarter two quarter three um pete if you hit that drop down menu next to timestamp yeah i believe you can change that to um uh, try timestamp let's see what happens when you do that there you Whoa. go so charlie what is it what is it now continuous yeah so now now we're looking at a continuous line there Whoa. So that that is the rating of the day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the average rating of the day. So that's interesting that I guess there's there's some days where we just had no rating. So job dropped all the way down. Wait, Did you understand? David, like, could you explain a little bit more in detail the difference between continuous and discrete? Because that's something I'm having difficulty wrapping my head around. OK, so you see this this line chart right now. Um that is actually here's a better way of, of looking at it so we're looking at udemy data so if if that is a discrete value we could have a one star we could have a two star we could have a three star four star or five star if it was a continuous value we could have a 2.1 star does that make sense so there's yeah. any value exists within so there's there's five buckets within that that value scale and if it's a discrete value, it has to fall squarely within one of those to where if it's a continuous value, it can be anywhere on that spectrum. Okay, that makes so much sense. Thank you for that. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, some of these are a little bit hard to explain. But, all right, so now, yeah, so now we're, we're kind of working through... Man, you know what I'm realizing is that it's so I, I'm not sure if I can even remember how to do. We could do this in Tableau very quickly, just changing it to the the right aggregation. Um, but I, I'm not sure if I can remember how to change the date aggregation. But essentially, Pete, what you could do is just incorporate that into the dashboard. Mm, so there's, sure. there's just the rating by month. So maybe there's some seasonality within the ratings. So people taking the the uh, course in the summertime, then maybe they're a little bit more, you know, forgiving and optimistic. <laughs> so Charlie, do you sure. have any questions about Power BI in general? I don't think I've got questions. A lot of curiosity. I do want to get get into it and, and try and do something that along the lines of what Pete's doing here. And I really like the the concept of having, you know, I'm not sure what they're called, but the multiple uh, visualizations or, or um, widgets, if you will, inside a, a just like that, where you've got a, a number of different charts and, and visualizations on one uh, one screen or one canvas. Yeah, so that's just we just call that a dashboard. Dashboard, okay. Yeah. So and then it's all it's all interactive, and you can start playing with, um, you know, how the different filters interact with each mm -hmm. other. 
Um, you could even use certain visualizations as filters too. You just toggle on the filter icon. Okay. I'm curious though. So you're you're more attracted to Power BI than Tableau? Uh, simply because I don't really know much about it. Not that I'm an expert in Tableau, but I, uh, you know, I, I think I know my way around that fairly well. Tableau, I, I'm really uh, very much at the beginning. So, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you learn one, the other one's relatively easy to, mm -hmm. to pick up. It's just a question of, like, we were looking at the axis. It's like, well, you can do it this very simple way in Tableau. It might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily riveting live stream content for us to Google how to do a very specific, simple task. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, if, you, if people want me want to see that, you know, leave a comment. But cool. So, Pete... Good job on that. I mean, I, it's really cool that you're you're taking that. That one was actually the Excel data source, though, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It was. So you've also got the modules um, with. I think we're looking at was it ERP data in Power BI? Yep. So that so that one had multiple data sources that you had to figure out how to combine them together. Cool. So has anybody got any more questions? Because I, I think. It's been just about an hour, so I feel like this has been a pretty good lecture. Charlie, I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks for inviting me, and uh, I, I love the questions and the interest, so good luck to everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Charlie. Nice meeting thanks, you, Thanks, everybody. Likewise. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.